You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. You know what? Saturday's game may on paper not have been the most impressive win of A&M's this year, but it was something consistent. And that is what you want to see week in and week out from both sides of the ball. And we're going to break all that down on today's episode of Locked on Aggies. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. Give us a follow in the comment section down below. And secondly, at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Podcast kind of day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Well, A&M was actually one of the few surprising games of the SEC. And what I mean by that is they were a team that was expected to win their game against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and they did. Because you look at what happened to Tennessee, they got torched by Kentucky. You look at what happened to Auburn, they got clobbered by the Carolinas. And you look at Alabama. Even though they did win, it was a lot closer of a game and possibly one of the better games in the SEC schedule. But A&M, they did their job. They went all the way down to Starkville, Mississippi, and got the 28-14 win. Of course, a lot of people are going to say, well, how can you say that that's a good win overall when you know that Mississippi State has been struggling? When you've looked on paper and you've seen some areas of concern. And it's not like there was a big, big, big differential between any of the players. I mean, Kellen Mond, as quality as he's been since his first start he did not have the best game I mean it's just it's it's a fact it's not like I'm sitting here trying to dog the kid because that's not my job but it wasn't that great 139 yards two touchdowns one interception the difference is is that when you look at the stat line between the three quarterbacks. And I say three because there was two quarterbacks who played for Mississippi State, KJ Costello and Will Rogers. Now, Costello went 15 of 22 for 99 yards. He had an interception. Will Rogers went 15 of 18 for 120 yards, one touchdown. Big difference right there. He made more of his throws be successful, even though he didn't have a better stat line. Again, you have Mississippi State going 30 of 40 passing for only 219. He went 13 of 23, but he did find the end zone twice. This was the game, however, that when I look back on paper, and I'm sitting here going, okay, what is the positive takeaway? I've been saying for weeks now, the way to win with this A&M team is by trusting the run game. Let the running do the talking. Let the running be the reason why you are successful. Why the reason you're able to put up points. Why the reason you are feared in the SEC. Guess what they did. 
You had both Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith rush for over 50 yards on 10 carries, each averaging over 5 yards per carry. Spiller did a fantastic job in the red zone, scoring two touchdowns. You also had Devon Shane really coming in at the very end of the fourth quarter, averaging 5 yards per carry with a long of 11 yards, 4 for 20 on the day. And you started seeing these wide receivers kind of pick up. Chase Lane had a good game. Two catches, 70 yards, a long of the 51-yard touchdown. You also had Jalen Weidemeyer. He got open four times, 30 yards, averaged 7.5 yards per catch. Anaya Smith, once again, dual threat guy out of the backfield. When you allow Kellen Mond to be successful on limited times, this is where the Aggies are going to be a team to watch. You can't expect him to throw 50 to 60 times a game like you can see Costello, like you can probably see Mac Jones. And in when you do, you have to rely on the short game. Now, that's not to say that you don't think that he has a quality arm that can spread the field. He does. He's also erratic. He doesn't have the ability to connect deep downfield consistently. He's not one of those guys that's going to win well past the line of scrimmage. He's just going to be pretty much right then and there. And you know what? Sometimes that works for you, and sometimes that doesn't. That's not an insult again on Mond. Do with what you know and what works. This is what works. Throwing it 23 times a game and finishing with a stat line right around, you know, 50%. You want to see that completion rate be a little higher. You want to see him have more throws downfield, more than just what he was doing. I mean, because again, it's not like he had a lot of great throws. He had the one big one, which was the chase lane 51-yarder. But that was also a lot of lane after the catch. You want to see that be the reason this team is successful. And if you do, guess what? You're going to be a very formidable unit. 9-1 is no longer an out-of-curiosity thing. The biggest thing of all is A&M has a bye week this upcoming week, so they're able to kind of readjust, refigure some things out, Go back to the drawing board, see what works, see what doesn't, and prepare for Arkansas, who's coming into this game 2-2. Two and two. Arkansas. Who would have expected that? Get the big-time win over Ole Miss this past weekend. I look at AM, and when they run the formula that they know is good, and this is against a unit that has always been very stout on defense. They got over 150 rushing yards on the day. They almost had 200. They were able to make the most of their throws. They completed a high of third down efficiency. And they were really good in the red zone. They capitalized on plays that they needed to. The defense is going to be fine. You don't play Alabama anymore. You're, all you have left is an Arkansas team that has a quarterback, but still questions everywhere else. A questionable Auburn team. A very questionable Auburn team because they should be sitting right now at one and three instead of two and two. You have a South Carolina team that got lucky against an Auburn team. And you have an LSU team that's depleted. You win all those games, guess what? You're sitting prime and ready to be nine and one, hoping that Alabama loses one of those games to an opponent that you faced so you can be the representatives in the SEC West down in Atlanta. It's not over, but you have to run it this way. There are systems that are designed to work, and this is one of those systems. Run it, short passes, 
third down efficiency. You do all of that, AM's going to be a contender. And they're very much going to be fighting for a spot down in Atlanta as the SEC West representative. And in a crazy year where probably it's actually better to not go to the actual SEC championship and be 9-1, and one, they're still going to fight for a college football playoff spot. It's not over. Especially now that they are back ranked inside the top 10. Yep, because of that win, AM moves up. I believe it was four spots. Four or five. I'm, I'm terrible at math. That's why I do radio and journalism for a living instead. Uh, they were now ranked number seven on the year. And they're probably going to be top 10 when they return next week to face off against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Guys, do you ever feel like you're always on the go, go, go? Whether that's with the work, the family, the kids, or even just trying to stay up on social media. You never have a time to relax. That's why I recommend when you do, you grab the beer that's made for you to chill, better known as Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing right now, there still are plenty of teams and sports that are on TV that can give you an excuse to chill, kick backs, and drink a beer. Because watching football is therapeutic to fans, it's uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink that ice cold beer. With minimal college football teams on this year, Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will show them how to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit that reset button, reach for that beer that's made to chill Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Get it delivered and have an ice-cold beverage as cold as the Rocky Mountains or as cold as your team's going to be when they defeat the opponent on Saturdays. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, naturally, you've heard the old Built Bar promos in the past because there's been 12 original flavors that have been around for over a year. But now with six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and lemon almond cheesecake, you have your own brand new style to mix and match up. Now, these bars really aren't protein bars because they're more like candy bars since they're soft and easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy because they help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. That's because the bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for someone like myself who's on the keto diet. I can't put down the peanut butter brownie one right now, and it's because of this. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else. Now, Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That promo code is Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Every single Saturday is a day for you to indulge in college football, and the only way to indulge in it right is to stay up late and watch every single game so you get a Built Bar to get you through the rest of your day. Locked On Aggies, because you know Talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, I'm going to be on something. Do you love quality podcasts around your favorite sports team? If so, why not listen to a Locked On podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league every single week. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do anything, any of that, listen live every single day. LockedOnPodcast.com. So again, somebody actually asked me over the weekend, what did I think of the A&M win? And again, it was a win. Did I think it was the best win of all? No, not in the slightest. 
there certainly are games out there that are going to be better suited for a later date. And also, when you look at how Mississippi State has struggled immensely since their big-time victory over LSU in Week 1, 14-point win isn't something that you want to continuously see. But again, the way I look at it is, I got a glimpse of what works and what doesn't. If you go back and you look at any single game this this past year, when Kellen Mond throws over 25 times, he struggles. That stat line looks weaker than it probably is. He makes one or two very poor decisions. And the overall production isn't that special. Now, 139 of the day is low. And I mean low when we're talking about a quarterback who's been in the system for three years, understands the play calling, has been a starter, and this is against a team that is sitting with a sub-500 record and likely is going to finish the year off that way. The only thing I can say is that this is a very stout defensive team. And the history of the Bulldogs always has been, they've been known as a defensive identity playing in the SEC. Their defensive line is very good. A&M only allowed one sack on the day. That's a very good sign for AM's roster. That interception, yeah, it was a terrible throw by Mond. But it was a better play by the defensive back on Mississippi State's side that swatted it backwards and into the arms of the Mississippi State defensive lineman. I'm blanking on his name right now. You can't always blame a quarterback for making those mistakes. That sometimes just happens. And that's what, exactly what did happen. But I think you found your guy that you're going to start targeting a lot more in Chase Lane, who's likely going to take over as your new number one receiver. Then I think at the same time, you found your identity on offense. And the identity that I think can work with Haynes King, can work with Zach Calzada, can work with Mond, can work with really anybody. And that's run the dang ball. The more you run the ball, the better off you're going to be to be successful. And also, trust the defense. Defense played very good. They had an interception. They had multiple sacks. They had multiple big-time plays. Michael Clemens played great. Ann Hansford played great. I thought Damani Richardson played really good. I thought Jalen Jones, as a rookie, freshman, he played pretty good. This was a very, very quality game for all involved. Mond is the weak link, but maybe it's okay that he's the weakest link when you look at all the other priorities that came before it. I don't see it as a massive problem. I see it more so as a stepping stone for what to build off of your identity moving forward. This is your identity. Run with it. Legitimately run with it. So is Texas A&M a top 10 team? When you look at the list of teams who are now ranked in the top 10, you can make an argument. And you know what? That's what we're going to do in our final segment. Is A&M a top 10 team? Naturally, I believe they are. But let's just look at every other team who's ranked right now and see if A&M's in the right spot in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and listen live every single day, every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. 
So Texas A&M made the jump back into the top 10 after their 28-14 victory over Mississippi State. They now are number 7 in the AP poll. They were ranked as low as 18 following their blowout loss to Alabama, but two straight wins over Florida and the Bulldogs has made Jimbo Fisher's team one of the better names in college football. But the SEC as a whole is always good. I mean, right now they have four teams ranked inside the top 10. And when you look at the likes of North Carolina, who fell out of the top 10 after losing to Florida State, there really isn't a true defining champion going into what I think would be week five. Steadily week five of the SEC. I think it's weeks eight overall in conference play, if I'm not mistaken. But let's just break down all the teams who are ranked ahead of AM and if they're in the right spot, because the top 10 really could be something that a lot of people change. Number one is Clemson, and Clemson is 100% the number one team in the nation right now. I'm an Alabama alum, and they're better than Alabama right now. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. But Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback prospect I think college football has ever seen. They have a great run game. They've imploded at receiver to explode with new talent. Their defense is playing lights out, even though they lost a ton of potential on the outside of the defensive back role, at the linebacker position, at the safety spot. So they're a good team, and they're easily number one. Number two, Alabama. Alabama's already beaten A&M. That's all I gotta say. That doesn't mean that I think that Alabama and A&M, if you go 10 out of 10 games, they would win them all. No, not at all. I think what you mean is Alabama has already beaten A&M. So until otherwise, yeah, they deserve to be in the top 10. It's kind of like how I would say Florida. A&M got a big win over Florida. But if you did it 10 times in a row, would they get all 10 wins? Maybe. Maybe not. Number three, Notre Dame. This is a joke. This is a joke. A&M is 100% better than Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. Notre Dame, I give you a lot, a lot of credit. You made the jump into the S- I mean, into the ACC. You finally said, we're going to play in the ACC. We're going to have a conference. We're going to try and be better than y'all. And you know what? I give you credit. You really are playing at a higher level. That's not that much higher, though. You almost lost to a Louisville team, and you barely squeaked by. And combined, you got 19 points. You think that would work in the SEC? The SEC would beat you like crazy. Everyone in the SEC. Kentucky would win the SEC. Tennessee would win by 30 against you. A&M 100% is better than the likes of Notre Dame. But Notre Dame is a blue blood, so they're going to be ranked a little higher until they lose. And then when they lose, they're going to drop immediately to the bottom. That's how it always goes. Don't fall for it. AM is a better team, without a doubt, than the likes of Notre Dame. It's a joke that Notre Dame is ranked three. Number four is Georgia, even though they have a loss. Yeah, I have to go that way. They played better against Alabama than AM did. Now, that does not mean that if you go Georgia AM this year, with the way Stetson Bennett has looked, he's a great leader. That does not mean he's immediately a great quarterback. There's a giant difference between those two. Being good as a game manager, keeping your team alive, not giving up is one thing. Production is another. 
And he's had some struggle games. But the defense is playing very good. The offense, George Pickens, if A&M had George Pickens, they would probably be a top five team. And they may have beaten Alabama. But because of that, I gotta go Georgia. Ohio State, I don't know. I really don't know. Ohio State will come back this upcoming week as the Big Ten emerges back into the conversation. And I don't know if they're that good. They lost a lot of talent defensively. They lost immense amount of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have those true wide receivers anymore. Chris Olive, you have to hope, is going to be really good. And Justin Fields, you got to hope, is not going to lose a beat because of it. But if he does, I guess that's okay. Because that just shows that, again, defense wins championships. And more importantly, Ohio State's overrated. Like they are every year. I still have to put them ahead because if they're likely going to be the winners of the Big Ten. Doesn't really mean that they're going to be great. It just means they're going to be the winners of the Big Ten. Again, you put Ohio State versus A&M in a battle for 10 rounds. Maybe A&M wins six. Maybe they win four. I think that's kind of fair. Just at least right now. And number six, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is still undefeated in conference play in the Big 12. They're the only representative that has a shot of making the college football playoff this year. Mike Gundy's done a good job with the multi-quarterback system. He's done a good job with Chuba Hubbard. He's done a very good job with the defense, even though it is a conference that's not known for playing defense. I don't know if you could say that they would be better because if this is a very similar team last year that faced off against A&M, that A&M beat in the Texas Bowl. It's almost a very similar team. And now with the new identity that A&M has, because they're also a run-heavy team, maybe, just maybe, you could argue this A&M team is the exact same as that Oklahoma State team. I think, honestly, you could flip either one coming in at 6-7 and seven or 7-6 seven and six respectively, and both would be good. They're going to rely a lot on their defense. They're not trusting their quarterback to be the only option. And they know their run game is going to get them out of a pinch. So in a way, Oklahoma State and A&M are pretty much the same team. Except one is coached by a guy with a mullet. One needs some hair plugs. That's good for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, we'll be breaking down Coach Fisher's press conference. How does this team feel going into their bye week? What are some things they're going to adjust on? And just potentially, what's the certification that we are sure the Kalamans are right back? We'll see you tomorrow to break all that down. And remember, again, y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.